really just a beautiful picture of a God-ruled kingdom. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it takes much for us to look at the kingdoms of this world and uh, the, the governments of this world to go, Broken, 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 a little bit less broken. You know, <laughs> we, we, when we can look around the world and, and we see what happens when uh, wicked uh, people are in, um, in control. So uh, as we pick up, uh, we'll just uh, kind of get into this, but just understanding this is a messianic psalm. Uh, it's speaking of one greater than David and Solomon um, and of an everlasting kingdom. So uh, when we when we consider this, where uh, so in in my Bible, uh, the New King James, it says uh, a Psalm of Solomon. Uh, a King James version uh, says a song, uh, a Psalm for Solomon. Uh, I don't know if there are other versions that say different things, uh, but but just understand this is speaking of somebody much greater than uh, David or Solomon. Uh, as as we read it, it's 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 a uh, prophetic uh, psalm uh, of uh, messianic psalm. So uh, where it says in verse one, a psalm of Solomon, give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy and will break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear you as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. In his days the righteous shall flourish and abundance of peace until the moon is no more. Um, so those those first seven verses are speaking of a righteous kingdom, uh, the kingdom that we would all long for, uh, that uh, we haven't seen one like that. There's been peace, and there's been uh, there have been rulers that have ruled in peace, and we've seen it in in the scripture. But often, what happens uh, is uh, when there is peace, especially when we read in the scriptures uh, uh, when Israel was was experiencing peace. They would often drift away from the Lord when they weren't going through hardship. They would they would often drift from God, and uh, so so even in those times that we've seen uh, them living in peace, there would be uh, oftentimes a departure, and then the Lord would correct them uh, and and bring them back. So if you've noticed in verses one through three and seven, uh, righteousness is mentioned four times. There's there's a different type of reigning. Uh, a rule and reign that's that's there, a, a righteous uh, kingdom. Uh, as uh, I mean, look at look at politics today, right? No matter if you sit on the left or the right, if if our trust and our faith is in a a, a system uh, and, and in a bunch of people that that we say these people are the ones we need to to save this country and and to restore this country back, we're going to be disappointed a hundred percent of the time. Because then we're putting our trust in man, right? I, I, I mean, if you look at the center of the Bible, um, uh, Psalm 119, I think it's verse 17, and it said it is better uh, it, it's better to trust in Lord in the Lord than to trust in men. And that's that's this if that's the centrality of, of of the Bible, you know, if you can look and go, boom, it's better to trust in the Lord to seek Him. 
Um, because regardless of who uh, somebody may vote for or the hat you're going to wear, or the bumper sticker, I don't I, politics and I are just whatever. I get involved to the point I need to be, uh, and I study the point that I need to. Um, but I, I um, and and some within the church have, have dived dove right in, and uh, you know the Lord uh, is is telling them to do so. I couldn't be less interested in most of the topics. Now uh, we uh, will speak up where we need to, where there's there's a difference between the scripture and what's being uh, pushed. Uh, with with laws and uh, with regulations and those things. And we did so, uh, and we have uh, here as a church, and most recently um, speaking against the most, uh, the most liberal of, uh, of abortion laws, uh, where uh, uh, now in Maine, uh, I don't know if it's been finalized yet, I think it had been, uh, but the push was for uh, up to full term, abortion up to full term uh, in, this, in this state. And it's just horrifying to, just to even think of that. Uh, my mom actually received a phone call uh, from somebody trying to sway her into, into, pers- uh, into uh, supporting um, on the other side of, uh, of where we would stand against that. And um, my mom just asked him a question and said, how do you think that's going to happen? How do you think how do you think the process? And I won't get into anything there, but my mom just posed that question and there was silence on the other end of the line. Silence and my and my mom's pretty pretty sharp and, and she just said no really how do you think that's going to happen what what do you think is going to happen to that baby and so so there are times where the church needs to get involved where we need to step up and we need to say something and do something but man my hope is in God you know that I look forward to the Lord's reigning or that we're up there with Him but just just to know that that God is the righteous ruler. He is he is the one that we would look for. You know, that the fact that righteousness is mentioned four times, there's a longing for righteousness. And, you know, we uh, and I I like here when what we see uh, what's being described here uh, in verse four, he will bring justice to the poor uh, of the people. He will save the children of the needy and will break in pieces the oppressor. Finally, justice for the poor. Those that might not be able and the needy, those who might not be able to speak for themselves and speak up for themselves or, or uh, be able to, to afford good counsel, to be able to, to be defended uh, in a court or, or whatever it may be. Um, it, there's the realization as we're, as we're looking to these, there's never peace without righteousness. You know, when, when the wicked are in control, uh, there, there's always division. There's always uh, something that, that we would be going, wait a minute, I'm afraid for this or I'm afraid for that um, because we know that somebody uh, may have selfish uh, ambitions and they, they may be uh, focused on themselves or their own agenda uh, versus, and I'm not speaking about the current, I'm just saying in general, okay? Um, this isn't about uh, you know who's in, in uh, leadership. I really, uh, when I look at this, this is a focus on a better kingdom of who God is and that he's so much better uh, than any president we've ever had uh, to rule this nation here. So, but there's never peace without righteousness. You know, when we have righteousness, then there's peace. Uh, Mountains and hills, when it's mentioning those, how would those uh, bring peace? By righteousness. It's speaking here, of endless, uh, they shall fear you as long as the sun and moon endure. Verse five, 
uh, as long as the sun, you know, that, that endless. There's not elections are hoping uh, for a candidate. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but voting day, I go in, I vote, and I, 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 I try not to sit at the TV and watch. Um, because oftentimes you'll see, okay, these votes from this place are in, and, and it's one way. And these, and I just try to like try to just go to bed, and I wake up, and I'm like, there it is, you know, and and uh, one way or the other. But just a, an everlasting kingdom that's being spoken of here. There isn't this constant turnover and wondering and getting nervous about this person, this, you know, God as as the perfect, uh, Jesus Christ as the perfect and, and righteous judge. Uh, there's there's never going to be a longing for another uh, there that when there's uh, righteousness ruling as long as the world exists is what it's explaining. Verse eight, he shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. So sea to sea to the ends of the earth, uh, people everywhere will, will bow down uh, before Jesus Christ. Uh, in what we see now, uh, even uh, America, where it was born in its uh, in its rebellion, and now stands in its uh, oftentimes uh, in in this country stands rebellious even against God, uh, saying, "Hey, yeah, we have freedom, but that's freedom to do whatever we want. We're not going to listen to anybody." Well, okay, so now we're putting bonds on our hands, and and, and we're now creating our own bondage by seeking our own will. You know, but the but that that righteous judge in Jesus Christ uh, that that we that where it's it's explaining uh, even in, in verse nine it says those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust so anywhere they're just having their face bowed before the Lord there won't be any standing and bold or oh, I will not and yes you will <laughs> you know but but it's it but bowing in peace. Bowing, bowing to a peaceful ruler, you know, he, Jesus isn't isn't a hard one to bow our knee to. He's perfect, and he has our best interests in mind. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't we want to bow to Christ, right? Because we want to hold on to our will. You know, I want to do this, even though it might be might be uh, you know sinful and it might be harming myself. I like it, you know that as we've described that sin that always seems so nice and enticing up front, but its end is destruction, right? That's it's just how it works. It always presents itself well. But just knowing that, that all will bow before the Lord. Verse 10, the kings of Tarshish and of the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba uh, and Seba will get, uh, bring gifts. So we're speaking of a universal kingdom of peace and righteousness. Sheba, uh, former so or what today is Saudi Arabia, Seba being North Africa. Um, verse 11, yes, all kings shall bow before him. All nations shall serve him and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of uh, Jesse, are are ended. And uh, so when, when we see, uh, oh, wow, we, there's some verses I just skipped, didn't I? Uh, so uh, from verse 11, um, does it end with glory? Uh, verse 11 in your Bible. What's that? Shall serve him. Okay, so I copy and pasted wrong. I knew there was something missing here. So what it's explaining here is all kings uh, will uh, will will bow down. Uh, you know, it reminds me of you know, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. You know that that God's will would be done. 
in, in that his kingdom. That's that's the as I said before. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but if there's a kingdom, if there's a king to bow to, it's him, the perfect judge, the perfect king. He's awesome. Verse twelve: For he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. And he will spare the poor and the needy, and he will save the souls of the needy. <clears throat> he uh, will redeem their life from oppression and violence, and precious shall be uh, their blood in his sight. He shall live, and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be praised. Uh, you know, that uh, delivering the needy when he cries. Uh, when he cries and the poor sparing and saving the needy that there would be peace and salvation joy and plenty you know think of think of this this kingdom that's being described here uh, when you consider uh, where it says in James and I know I've said this uh, plenty of times so you're going to be familiar with this but the the special heart that God has for the needy right where where it says in James that Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is is uh, to care for widows, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, right? To care for them. Uh, that that God has a very special place in His heart for the poor, for the needy, those that that uh, are going through hard times. You consider the 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 welfare system that God designed, even when it came to gleaning. Uh, uh, the fields when there when it came time for harvest, if you dropped something, you couldn't pick it up, and you had to leave certain spots for the poor and needy. You know, sinful men don't think of that. When they do, they wrap it up, and then they want to just bring everybody in, and they say, "Well, we'll use this as control, and we'll we'll, we'll tax this." And like I said, this isn't one one party or the other. But what will happen is then they'll tie these programs to whatever they want so that they can give themselves power and that people will be relying upon them. God, in his, to calling us in reliance to him, uh, it, it, it's, it's not to take our lives away. It's to give us life, to provide for us. And uh, he's so much better than any a king or any ruler that we would ever uh, have on this earth. You know, that God set these things up, these special things in caring for uh, the poor and the needy. Because uh, you, know, you put those two things together, the poor and the needy, uh, they go hand in hand often, right? Because you know, they're, they're poor and that means that they are in need. That means um, oftentimes they can't provide for themselves everything that somebody who's the rich and the, the ones that would be maybe prideful or uh, uh, get to a point where that's where their trust is, is in their riches or those things. Is it sinful if God has blessed a Christian? Absolutely not. If somebody's been blessed financially, then great. You know, use it to honor God and uh, and and to 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 serve Him and and uh, to bless others and you know whatever. You know that God God has blessed some of us uh, with uh, some and I that's what I mean. Like globally, uh, there are some very wealthy uh, Christians that will never have to worry about paying their electricity bill. Uh, and that they love God and they understand what they've been given is they were given it by God to honor God and and to serve the Lord with. And uh, you know, this isn't uh, you know anything that that should be taken lightly. That's a that's a total blessing from the Lord that should uh, be to honor and glorify Him. When it says here that you know it's describing peace and salvation, 
joy and, and plenty. That's opposite of when sinful man reigns, right? Uh, Proverbs 29 verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. You know, this is speaking of the righteous king ruling. And, and what, what's being described here? Peace, salvation, joy, plenty, the, the good things. Verse 16 uh, says uh, there will be an abundance of grain in the earth and uh, on the top of the mountains. Its fruit shall be uh, shall wave like Lebanon and those in the city shall flourish like grass uh, of the earth. So that that abundance of grain and fruit, everything flourishing uh, again, the the opposite of that. Look at what we've seen when sinful men or, or, or women are in control, that they, they would even take all these things and control the masses with it. And to bring them, if you want to eat, you better, you better uh, you know, do as we say, and we'll give you your daily rations or, or we'll, we'll, we'll provide for you. Someone recently uh, was sharing, and I wish I remembered who it was. Um, Alan, it might have been you, uh, but was speaking of um, a, a woman who... Uh, was uh, one of um, Hitler's in Hitler's youth, and uh, that that uh, when uh, America the, the the Allied forces came in and uh, and broke everything up and 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 won the war, and uh, then those who were in Hitler's youth and everything uh, were were being brought in, and uh, they don't know what America's going to do to them, and it was the specifically the Americans. I know they were Allied forces, but. But this specific lady was sharing her story, and she's like, "Look, we were we were forced into these things, and uh, we were we were barely provided for." So when when this woman was offered a meal, and it happened to be an American soldier who was offering her a meal, she's like, "Well, what do I have to pay for this? Because I used to have to pay through the nose just to get a roll, you know that that they that everything was even being stripped of them, and she did, she couldn't understand like." Wait a minute! You're just giving me a whole cooked meal. I, I mean, I can't afford this. You know that—that's what sinful man does. Think of Somalia, right? Somalia was a result of sinful men keeping things from them and starving their own people. That's what sinful and wicked men do. Look, look at the the contrast of that in verse 16. There will be an abundance of grain in the earth, and uh, on the top of the mountains, its fruit shall wave like Lebanon, and those in the city shall flourish. Like the grass of the earth, oh, you know, just the the the, just think the the opposite of of sinful man ruling. They'll answer for that. They'll answer for that in this life or the next. They'll stand before the judge and have to give account for how they've conducted themselves. You know, think think of the governments in this in this world that just are so oppressive, so oppressive. They'll answer for that. They'll stand before the righteous judge for how they've conducted themselves. Verse 17, his name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things and blessed be his glorious name Forever, the prayers of the uh, of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. So that's where it's supposed to be. Uh, just a little bit of copy paste error there, but that verse twenty is uh, is over here. But uh, just look through these these last few verses. You know that that 
where it's saying, uh, shall be blessed in him, shall be called blessed. Shall be blessed in him. Men shall be blessed in him. Men, women, you know, that, that those that love him shall be blessed in him. All nations shall be, uh, shall call him blessed. It's a beautiful relationship that, that as there's the serving of the, of the righteous king, there's blessings that come from him and blessings that return to him to bless. You know, as we sing these songs to him to bless his name, that's what we're doing here. That's what worship is. You know, when when we have uh, even when it's, uh, you know, just one or two of us up here uh, singing. And all of us are just lifting our voices, we're singing to God. It's a, it's a special time. It's a powerful thing. That uh, especially here in Maine, and I've, I know I've said this before, but we're very stoic here. It's very, it, this is very different than what it, what would normally be culturally acceptable in this state. Like especially in northern Maine, we're a little more reserved and all right, singing in front of nobody. You know, there's there's that mindset. You got to be looked at as tough, and you know, I, I ain't, no one's going to hear me singing a praise or anything. But you know, it's it's those types of things. But when we can get here, what God has done, and He's melted our hearts. And we see who he is and who, what we've been saved from and, and, and uh, how he's worked in our lives. We can't help but praise him and lift our, our hands to him. And that millennial reign, that, uh, m- m- millennial reign that, that, that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the, the, the perfect righteous judge, you know, being praised as he should and, and ruling and reigning. Oh, that's something to look forward to. Oh man, you know, just think of the the kingdoms of this earth and all those things just being wiped away. And here's the righteous ruler coming in to set things straight. Hey guys, get it. This is how things are supposed to be run. And there's plenty and there's peace and there's joy. You know, we don't have to worry about, you know, uh, the, the, I mean, you consider the church around the world just knowing, um, I I, want to say it was Pakistan that I recently saw something and man there I think it's Pakistan correct me if I'm wrong but they're like there there's an attack on the Christian churches there and they're like ripping the churches physical churches apart uh and uh and you I nobody's to be seen of course everybody's in hiding right now but I saw one of a clip and a bunch of people just gathered around this church and they're ripping the cross off the top of it and everything just wow you know just to know you know what? There's nothing to fear in the reign of Christ. There, there's there's nothing there. It's, it's all peace. Oh, man. Something to look forward to right there. Psalm 73, as we uh, progress through. My Bible has a subtitle here that says, the tragedy of the wicked and the blessedness of trust in God. Now, Susan, you remember we were talking about this. And I'm like, was it song? And you're like, 73. She had this one. She had this one locked down. This was months ago. <clears throat> but this, the the start, the, uh, I'm saying the starts contrast between, excuse me, the, uh, the, the tragedy of the wicked and the blessedness of those who trust, excuse me, in, in God that can be, Seen here now. Before we get into this, I want to share with you from Proverbs 24 uh, verses 1 and 20. And I didn't give you those, so that's okay if you don't put them up there. I'm just going to read them to you, okay? Proverbs 24 verse 1 says, "Do not be envious of evil men, 
nor desire to be with them. Do not be envious of evil men, nor be nor desire uh, to be with them. And verse 20 says, for there will be uh, there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. So just keep that in mind as we're reading, um, in case I don't remember to go back to it here. Uh, verse 1, Psalm uh, 73, Psalm of Asaph. Truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked... For there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart can could wish. They scoff. And speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak lawful. They speak lawfully. Trying to spit this out. Sunday evening, you guys know the drill, right? They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. So uh, we'll just uh, digest some of this before we uh, continue through. You know, truly, God is Israel to such are, uh, as are pure in heart. So there's the setting. Okay, truly. Um, uh, you know, God is good to Israel, uh, to such are pure in heart. And then he, there's the reflection that's happening here. As Asaph is writing this, he says, but as for me, my feet almost stumbled. My feet were just about stumbled here. My steps had nearly slipped for I was envious of the envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So there's a confession there. Saying, you know what, I, I almost just slipped and just forsook my faith and just said, what, what's going on here? You know, I'm seeing these guys prosper. And, and the, here they are, you know, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Don't get drawn into envying somebody's prosperity. Somebody may have it all. You know, and I've, I've shared this, especially with my my kids, uh, you know, where they're 21, 17 and 14. We've had a lot of discussions, especially about, you know, what's uh, what's being pushed. You know, the celebrity, the worship of celebrities that's being pushed. And I've, I've, for years, I've, I've told them, guys, their lives oftentimes are a complete lie. And that's evidenced by how many times have we seen that the, the pop culture, those those that are so popular, their lives are complete dis, in complete disarray at one time or another. Sometimes they never come out of it. But, I mean, you, you look at some of these people and how their lives, where it looked like they were on top of the world and they had everything. And you see the fruit of their lives, and it's all gross. It's disgusting. Specifically some of the music. My goodness. And they seem to be the most popular. They got all kinds of money rolling in. And then you just start hearing, oh, they get arrested for this. Or, oh, they've got this addiction. Or, you know, their, their career is ending because of this. And you see all these things crumbling around them. They built their lives on sand. And they accepted the fame. They accepted the fortune. And so, 
you guys know, especially I grew up an 80s kid, right? I was, I, I was born in the uh, late 70s, so I grew up an 80s kid. And uh, I remember seeing more than one movie that was depicting somebody selling their soul to Satan, right? And it was always this sharp-dressed guy, and, and they're sitting down, and they've got to, like, dip their finger in some sort of their own blood and sign some contract, and it's some foolishness there. They would actually sit down and make a deal, right? The selling of the soul just means rejecting God and serving ourselves and serving whatever comes our way that's contrary to God's word. That, that's the selling of the soul that we would say, I want this more than I want God. So I'm going to reject God and I'm going to take that. That, that, that would be uh, the central focus of, the, of, of, of one's life is just saying, no, I don't want God. That, 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 that process of saying, I'll take that so I can gain this, where we're selling our soul to whatever it is, or, or we're just giving our soul over to something. Just realize, you know, as Asaph is confessing here, I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. When I saw their lives, I mean, there they are. They're, they're, uh, they're boastful, and when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, I know they're wicked, but man, they don't have, they got everything going for them. You know, that you can look and go, oh, look, the, the money, the cars, the people around them. And uh, they got all this stuff here. I could, I could become uh, just envious. And, and look what he says here, you know, for there are no pangs in their, their death, but uh, their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as, uh, not in trouble as other men, nor uh, are they plagued like other men. Like, why am I seeing them prosper? How come, like, average Joe is just uh, is is going through, uh, you know, cancer treatments or going through these things, and, and those people are okay? Like, what's going on here? Is is God really blessing those people that are rejecting Him? You know, and Asaph's got this thing going on in his heart where he's going, these are good, good, right? And no, none, none righteous, no, not one, right? We understand that, but in the eyes of this world, you could look and say, well, this person's. You know, uh, loving, they, 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 they are, are charitable, they care about other people, they pour their hearts into other people's lives, and look at the hardship they're going through and everything. And Asaph's going, I don't, I don't understand this. Here they are, they're, they're boastful, they're pride, uh, prideful. You know, verse 6 is, therefore pride serves as their necklace. You know, that's, you know a necklace is, is to be worn, so it's making a declaration, right? That's uh, oftentimes what, and I'm not saying anybody, but there's, uh, that. They're using pride as a necklace. Like, hey, I want you to know this about me. It makes me think of today's necklaces, right? Uh, you know, just the bigger and more, most bling of a necklace, right, uh, is, hey, this is me. This is, this is you know, uh, I've got everything going for me. Violence covers them like a garment. You know, they're, they're prideful. They're, uh, they're uh, full of violence. Their eyes bulge with abundance. Uh, they have more than heart could wish. So what he's saying here is, is, is the covetousness, the desire to have what they had. And he saw all of these things. And what he's saying is it brought him to the point where his faith was shook. And he's like, I almost slipped. I almost fell. And he's describing what he was seeing. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. You know, uh, they speak loftily. You know, that they are in a spot where they're speaking proudly. You know, of, of oppression, like basically saying these guys aren't as good as we are. You know, they should be our servants. The World Economic Forum, I, I uh, uh, Ken uh, Graves had forwarded me some very disturbing things in there. 
uh, one of one thing of which they declare is that they could go on with 80 to 85 percent of the world just being wiped out, just remaining 15 to 20 percent. They that everybody else would be useless to them. Guys, those are the elite. Those are the pe- elitists. They say, "Hey, my life means more than theirs because I have more." That's such a lie. It's a lie out of hell. You know, when you when you think of that's a scary, that's World Economic Forum, the WEF. That's frightening uh, words to read and, and uh, things, things to hear of. Verse 9, they set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walks through the earth. You know, just being boastful and proud, you know, uh, speaking blasphemy about, uh, against God. Verse 10, therefore his people return here and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Another mockery of God is what's being described here. Now, how would God know? Where's your God now? Right? I've heard that recently uh, regarding a, a situation. People saying, oh, yeah? Yeah, well, where's your God now? You know, you were trusting in him before. Where is he now? And uh, that's, uh, it, it wasn't said to me. I just heard it um, from somebody else, kind of second, third hand type thing. But that type of mindset, verse 12, Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase their riches. Uh, one of the worst things that could happen is, uh, especially in the church, is uh, ease. <laughs> ease is a problem for the church because we get lazy, right? Everything's easy. I can get lazy now. Little close, you know, folding of the hands, you know, and start getting lazy and just, oh, you know what? Things are good. Sometimes that's the worst thing for us. Yes, we want peace. We want uh, to be, uh, and, and God desires for us to live peaceful lives. The scriptures say that. But sometimes ease, when we get into ease, things are hard for a reason, right? Uh, it be, because when things are easy, we get lazy, we get complacent and we start losing our trust. You know, our trust turns from God and, you know, our trust can turn to riches. It can turn to any of those things. Always at ease. They increase in riches. Uh, surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. So this was his mindset. He's like, what was this whole thing about living in integrity and living in righteousness? You know, does it mean anything? Verse 14 says, for all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. I mean, this guy's being, his raw emotions are being just poured out right here. This was bu- like this isn't something that's just kind of bugging you. This was plaguing his soul, is what he's saying. It was getting to the point like, is this all in vain? Does this even make any like? What am I doing here? I'm seeing this this guy blessed and this guy uh, cursed and that lady over there, wonderful woman. She's always making things for people and you know the church supper and she's bringing things and she's knitting mittens for people and you know why are they going through such hard times? And, and, and then I see this going on. Like, is, is all this real? Did I, I, like, what is going on? So Asaph is just 
pouring his heart out saying, this is this was the condition of my heart. This is these are the questions I was asking in my heart. Guys, I don't know that I would be that raw publicly. Usually I want to tuck that away and be like, no, everything's good, right? <laughs> we don't want to be, walk around going, yeah, my faith was shook for a while. I mean, this is this is shook right here. You know, he's he's right down to the core going, okay. But what we see is God was able to reach through that and, and to grab his heart. And look, look what happens here. This this is the shift. He's in that spot of, of hopelessness. And, 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 you know, he's wondering, is this all vanity? Like, what's going on here? Verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. That's the verse. He's explaining, I saw this and I experienced this and I heard this and I would, I would see how much they're blessed. And I just thought they had everything going for them. And, and that maybe I'm just spinning my wheels here and that my faith was for nothing. And But what is really happening here? Then I went into the presence of the Lord. Then I was in God's presence. You know, when he says, I went into the sanctuary, that, that, that place uh, where, where God is the focus, right? When we come here, there's craziness all around us, right? Even on the drive to church sometimes, we forget like where we're going and what we're going to do when we get here, Right? Uh, I mean, you can think of, I mean, I can think back and there are plenty of times where we're driving here and the kids are screaming in the back and, rah, you know, and I'm trying to keep them in order and my kids are much older now, but I end them here like three hours before, you know, I'm here usually about seven o'clock or so, but I, so that's kind of uh, a different time in our lives. We get here, I'm, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you put on the face of like, oh, everything's great. I didn't just yell at my kids in the van on the way here. You know, it's just that, that mindset there. But oh, when we get here. Right. And we start fellowshipping and, and then, you know, we start our, our focus is on the Lord. You know, I mean, uh, who cares who's up here? Uh, and and uh, you know, yes, we we aim to we practice and we want worship to sound good as, as well as it's going to get with, you know, what we've got here, you know. Um, and uh, we're our but our goal every time we pray before service is that God would be the focus. Not the lights, not the fog, or we don't have those, and we never will here at this church because God is the focus. We don't want to just stir up emotionalism. We want God to be worshipped based on what we're reading, what we're singing, that that us collectively as a church are lifting our voices to Him. <clears throat> when we get to this place, that sanctuary, that 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 place where we can, uh, the focus is God, and then our like. Everything starts coming into right when when we get into the scripture, and because the scripture, as Hebrews says, is alive, they're alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. When we get into the Word, and we like our mind starts getting you know washed and getting set to the right spot where it needs to be. If we're not in that right spot, and the Word starts ministering to us, and things start like, oh wait a minute, why was I worried about that? Why did this happen? Why like did I really act like that? I, I knew this in my head and I didn't act that out or whatever it might be. I mean, but but what here we see Asaph just confessing. And he's like, then I got basically what we could say is then I got to church and I was around brothers and sisters and we were praying together. You know, somebody pulled me aside and I was able to tell them how I was how I was feeling, what I was going through. And that person just put their hand on my shoulder, told me they loved me and they started praying with me. And then we did Bible study together and we sang together. And then we ate ribs at Dina and Alan's house after the baptism last week. And, you know, all these things that, that are spiritual highs for us, right? Uh, and and, and when, when we get here and our focus is where it should be, 
But when our focus gets on the world and everything, we get frustrated. We get to a point of what's going on here. You know, is everything vain? But man, when we can focus on on who God is and 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 what he does and and oh man, look at verse 18. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. And when you consider 18 where it says in slippery places, consider what uh, what Asaph said in verse uh, verse 1, my, st- my steps had nearly slipped. Nearly slipped. What he's saying is they they will because they're proud and boasting against God and, and mocking God in, in how they conduct their lives. Verse 20 as a dream when one awakes, so, Lord, when you awake, uh, you shall despise their image. It's not like God's sleeping there. God's active attention is placed on those people. We've discussed that before. It's not like God's taking a nap and we got to poke him to wake him up. That's not the, the, not the case at all. You know, uh, This is God's active attention being placed on them is what's being described there. Verse 21, thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Guys, that not that raw? Can, you, can we relate to that? I know I can. That I was so foolish and I was so ignorant. That ignorant, right? Because uh, we can think as ignorant as rude. You know, have you ever, have you ever had somebody call you, you're ignorant. You're being ignorant. And what they mean is rude. Ignorant means you're being ignorant of the truth that you know exists, right? I'm ignoring this. Uh, that's what ignorant really means. I'm, I'm being ignorant of uh, what is what is happening here. Uh, but man, that that's raw right there. Thus, my heart was grieved and I was vexed uh, in in my mind. I was pierced. Uh, that that verse 21 is is speaking of pierced in my kidneys and his his innermost being that vexed. You ever you ever felt like that? Like your guts are just in a vice or, or just turning. Uh, that something's bothering you that much. This this is overwhelming him. What he's saying is, I was overwhelmed at the thought of what I was seeing, and and uh, and uh, until God brought my 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 mind into focus. And he even says here in verse twenty two, as we said, I was so foolish uh, and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. You know that beast that doesn't have the conscience that mankind does, right? That a man or a woman has. That 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 we can understand. You know, my I love my dog. My dog has no idea what you know who God is or anything. My God, my my dog just follows me around. It literally follows everywhere I go in my house. If I'm in the kitchen and for ten seconds he'll come in, he'll lay down, and put his head on my feet as I'm you know pouring my water or whatever. And and Jen will start talking to me and oh John come see this or whatever. I'm like well uh, Coda's got his feet head on my feet you know because it's it's sweet right. And then he'll follow me and it'll be like. Like, I'm everything to him. You know, I'm, I'm his favorite, and I always let Jen and the girls know, right? <laughs> but that's just a fun, a fun thing there. But, but, but just, just understanding, he's a beast. He, he, he's a dog. He needed to be brought into submission. He needed to learn that he needs to listen to us. You know, for Jen and, and the girls, they have a, a little shock collar. He hasn't, been, he hasn't been shocked since, like, the first couple days we had it. None of us like using it. And he figured out after one or two, he's like, okay. So all, they, all we really have to do is put it on him, and, and he d- listens to them and everything. But that got his attention there. Uh, but for me, it was, you know, come on, come over here. And, uh, and he learned real quick, and, and he's, he's good. But he doesn't, he doesn't think about eternity. He thinks about what's in his food dish. 
You know, and we go for a walk. He just wants to go sniff and everything and mark it all and, and, uh, and then run up to the next bush. And, you know, when we're walking for three miles, he's running on empty by the end of it. But that's, that's the way he works. He doesn't think about eternity. That, that same mind, we can get into that same mindset of just, I'm just going to focus on what's in front of me. And uh, he says, I was like a beast. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. I like that. I was like this, but nevertheless. So this is the contrast, right? Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel. And afterward, receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That God is my inheritance. That's what he's saying there. There's the, the blessing that, that he thought the wicked were ex experiencing in their lives that he was envious of, that he confessed he was envious of, and that it almost made his foot slip. He's like, wait a minute. That was the focus. No, God is my inheritance. God is my portion. He's the one that, like, he is the blessing. You know, not looking forward to the blessing from God, but in this life now, God is our blessing. That Yes, in this life now and in the life to come, but especially right now when we consider this, God and my portion forever, now and in, uh, and in eternity. Verse 27, for indeed, those who are far off from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. That there would be a changing, uh, that, that, uh, that harlotry, um, you, you, could, you could also put in even idolatry. That you would trade God for anything. That there would be, that this is more important to me than God, is, is what he's saying there. It's, it's never a good ending. Verse 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. So he starts out this psalm just saying, you know what? It, I was this close. I was this close from just throwing up my hands and saying I'm done with this faith thing. I'm all done with it. It doesn't matter. I see this and where is God? Because I see this person being blessed. And then, and then I hear them mocking God and God's not doing anything. And, and they say this person's just you know, no good and they're going to die and they die. And, you know, there's the frustration there. And Asaph is raw and, and honest and he's just pouring out his heart. And we get to read it and go, oh, he said it. <laughs> he said it, right? And he just pours out his heart. And then he, he's just talking about they, they, it's appeared they had everything, but they had nothing. Until and, and he, he's, it, I got all wrapped up in this, and it was it was bugging me in you know, so bad inwardly, my mind and my heart, everything was just in complete disarray. Until I understood really who God is, and my mind got focused on the proper things. My mind was focused on Jesus. It, we would know as Jesus is his Old Testament, but my mind was focused on the Lord and what God has to offer us, and realize how temporal all that stuff is. You know, that, that none of that really matters, that a relationship with God is the chief uh, thing that we should obtain, that God is our portion, and God is the one that provides for us, and he is our inheritance in this life and in the next. When that is our focus, then things are so much better for us. You know, our attitude in the morning, uh, I've, I've got some kids that are not uh, uh, morning uh, people, you know, and uh, I've got kids that are, 
right? I'm a morning person. I like to get up and get moving. Uh, you know, but uh, in my house, uh, Jen, Jen is the same. But I've got two children that are very much not morning children. You know, they, they don't want to get up and do anything. They might be grumpy in the morning, right? We, we, we can't be like that in our faith. Right? There's the just I hate everything mode, right? You know, let us not be like that, but just understanding who God is and that he, with he as our portion, there, there's nothing we can inherit here that's ever going to just, um, just uh, surpass uh, what God has to offer us in our relationship with him right now. And then we have so much more to look forward to in eternity with him. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we are so blessed that what you have for us is so much better than anything this world has to offer us. Lord, help us to never get to the point. And if we are, correct us as you did Asaph. Lord, that we would be honest with ourselves. And we would look and you would give us that insight that you gave Asaph. That if we at any point from here on out uh, get to this point that you would bring us to this realization in Psalm 73. Lord, that we would understand uh, what the, the temporal things of this world have to offer us will never do. There's never going to be fulfillment for our souls in what this world has to offer. But you are our portion forever here in this life and uh, in the life to come. Lord, we look forward uh, to being with you. Lord, the thought of the righteous king ruling, such a peaceful and glorious thing to meditate on. Lord, we are, are grateful that we have hope in you. We lift these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace and peace. You all have a great rest of your night.